Sallu ala Muhammad wa ali Muhammad. Alhamdulillahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Alhamdulillahi alladhi hadana lihada wa ma kunna linahtadiya lawla an hadana Allah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen. Khatamin nabiyyin. سيدنا الممجد بشيرنا المصدق المصطفى الأمجد محمود الأحمد أبي القاسم محمد وعلى أهل بيته الطيبين الطاهرين المعصومين ولعنة الله على الظالمين من الأولين والآخرين أما بعد فقال الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه المجيد وفرقانه الحميد وقوله الحق بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا أوفوا بالعقود أحلت لكم بهيمة الأنعام إلا ما يتلى عليكم غير محل الصيد وأنتم حرم إن الله يحكم يحكم ما يريد آمنا بالله صدق الله العلي العظيم صلوا على محمد وآل محمد Awaited Savior of Humanity, Imam Al-Mahdi alayhi salam My respected brothers and sisters, Salaamu alaykum jami'an wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Welcome to our sixth week in which we are looking at the Maqasid al-Sur the themes of the chapters of the Quran This is our fifth chapter of the Quran, Surah Al-Ma'idah And last week we completed Surah Al-Nisa Who can remember what were the themes of Surah Al-Nisa that we spoke about? Charity Charity? Yes Squeezing of the grave Okay Those were the ahadith that spoke about the reward of reciting Surah Al-Nisa, right? What is the theme of the chapter itself? You can gauge the societies where the society positions itself, the way it treats the women or the, the women in that society. Ahsant. And not just women? And, uh, and uh, the ones who are more vulnerable. Thank you. So the theme of Suratun Nisa was that those who are traditionally vulnerable in society, exploited in society, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now speaks to a community and addresses laws for them, rights for them, manners of upliftment and strengthening for those demographics in society that are considered to be exploited. The chapter is named after a nisa and generally within any society, not a um, matriarchal society but the majority of societies are not matriarchal the societies in the way in which they treat women can be a barometer to gauge how that community is in relation to those weakened within society or considered to be weakened within society the chapter goes on to speak about orphans weak-minded people differently abled until it even talks about those who you go to war with because when you're at war with people you have a hatred you have an enmity and when you gain power over them you often can exploit them as well or 
do oppression to them. So the chapter of An-Nisa seeks to provide laws and rights around all the demographics of society that would traditionally be considered to be weakened or exploited. Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter number five of the Quran. What were the four or five major ways for us to be able to designate the maqsad of a surah? Who can remind me what they are? Number one, the title of the chapter. Number two, the first few verses in the last few the fawatih and the khawatim, the opening verses and the closing verses. Number three, the ahadith from Ahlul Bayt that will give us indications of the reward or the relationship between the verses and the rewards inherent therein. And number four, the history surrounding the revelation, the period of revelation will naturally reflect what is going on in the Muslim society at that time. And from that we get point B, where we break down the groups of verses, which allows us to see that I'm just giving example verses 1 to 20 speak about A, verses 21 to 40 speak about B, and so on and so forth. And from that when we put those together, we're able to determine the overarching theme and the sub-themes of a particular chapter. Surah Al-Ma'idah is a Madani Surah. So it is revealed in the city of Medina. It has 120 ayat. It is fifth in the Tartib of the Mus'haf, meaning it is placed fifth in the collection of the Qur'an. And this is important for us to think about before I say anything else. Al-Fatiha, we talked about it being a cure for every disease. This was the theme of Al-Fatiha, both physical and spiritual malady. Then we went on to Al-Baqarah. Al-Baqarah speaks to the Muslim Ummah, particularly to learn the lessons from Banu Israel how not to fall into the same traps that Banu Israel did. Al-Imran speaks to the Muslim community and the histories of the Christian communities and how not to fall into the traps of what the Christian communities fell into. And Nisa spoke to establishing a society that looked after the weakest. But what's interesting is that we said Al-Fatiha is revealed twice, once in Mecca, once in Medina. Al-Baqarah is revealed at the beginning of the Madinan period. Al-Imran is revealed after Al-Baqarah, but also towards the beginning of the Madinan period. And Nisa is revealed in the middle of the Madinan period. Who can tell me? When is Al-Ma'idah revealed? Towards the end. How much towards the end? Near the last Hajj. After the, Hajj. the last Hajj. Anything else? So when is the last Hajj? 
Just before the demise of the Prophet. How, how close to the demise of the Prophet? About two months. A couple of months, yeah. right? So after, after the period of Dhul Hijjah, the month of Dhul Hijjah is which month? <coughs> Muharram. Safar. That's when he dies. That's when he dies. Yeah. This is the 113th chapter of the Quran to be revealed in its order. It's the penultimate chapter of the Quran to be revealed and it's positioned fifth in the Mus'haf. 113 in the Tartib of the Nuzuli, five in the Tartib of the Mus'haf. Now that immediately should tell you something. What should it tell you? It's important, but what's it telling you that it's 113th? So look, Al-Fatiha, Makkah and Medina revealed twice. Al-Baqarah revealed at the beginning of Medina. Al-Imran revealed after the beginning of Medina. And Nisa revealed in the begin in the middle of the Madinan period. Al-Ma'idah revealed at the very, very end of Medina. So it's, it's a message that should be... Okay. So, what should the penultimate or at least the very last surahs be telling you about? And don't just immediately skip to Imamat and Wilayat. Yeah, that's part of it. We know that. We'll come to that, inshallah. But what would. Let me take it away from Revelation for a second. A dying businessman that spent 23 years building his business and he now has two months to live. This person is departing. What will this person be telling you? Really nicely worded. A wasiyah, a last will and testimony, a conclusion to his life. Something to leave you with going forward that you're going to have to take on after his demise. The cessation of revelation is about to come. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala needs to clarify. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala needs to finalize. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now needs to leave something that's going to be ongoing in terms of now there being a final cessation of revelation. This should give you a clue Immediately of it being 113th in the order of revelation should immediately get your mind thinking about what needs to come. Now, brother had a hand raised or a question or a comment, so we'll take that now, inshallah. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to ask um, in every session you quote when it was uh, when a surah was revealed before it, uh, before it or after it. Yes. Is this that unanimous amongst all the sectors? Um, mainly, yes. Yes, the, the, the main scholar that uh, that did this first, I could be wrong, but it might have been Tabari that collected um, or did the major work, the first major work on the order of revelation. Um, and other scholars as well in their books of Ulum al-Qur'an, the sciences of Qur'an and the tarikh of Qur'an, the history of Qur'an. So there are some small differences of opinion, but by and large, we do have an agreement 
It's not qat'i, it's not certain. Yani a hundred percent, no chance of error. But you say somewhere between 90 and 95%. So there's a great degree of weight placed in this. But beyond that, we also know that from the verses of Revelation, about the individual verses of Revelation, the Asbab and Nuzul, about individual verses. Sometimes individual verses are revealed in sporadic times, sometimes over years. But the majority of surahs and the verses therein do give a reflection of the, the understanding of the overall surah of when it's revealed. Immediately. We, ha we have an immediate understanding of that by the context of the verses that refer to the overarching theme of the surah. It's a very good question. It's a very important question because without it, we can't build on the thought processes that we're having. So it's 113, 113th out of 114 surahs in the Quran. And I'm going to come back to that in a second. It is revealed after which chapter, according to some? Chapter number 48, Surah Al-Fatih. Now that's interesting. It seems like Fatih may have at least two periods of revelation or to be revealed twice. What is Al-Fatih referring to? Conquest of Makkah, when was it first revealed? What's the first occasion of certain verses being revealed in regards to Surah Al-Fatih? Treaty of Hudaybiyah. Treaty of Hudaybiyah is in which year? Six after Hijrah. Prophet dies? Eleven after Hijrah. So there's a five-year gap. So Al-Fatih <coughs> is revealed. It could be that it's revealed again at the Fatih of Makkah or that the verses are being repeated in this context of Makkah. We will come to that in greater detail of debate when we get to chapter 48, inshallah. So let me read some verses or let's turn to chapter 48 and just have a flavor of some of the verses because if this is being revealed immediately before Al-Ma'idah, we get again this context, we get again the flavor we get an appreciation of how the Muslims are hearing certain consistent messages. Do you remember we did this last week? We did An-Nisa, and what did we say came before An-Nisa? Al-Mumtahina. What was Al-Mumtahina? The examined women who fled Mecca to come to Medina. And so already there were verses about women and the rights of women from Al-Mumtahina and Nisa expanded on it. Let's have a look at chapter 48. Turn to verse 10. And let's have a look at some selected verses for the purpose of our discourse, inshaAllah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Verse 1 is Inna fatahna laka fatham mubina. Surely we have given to you a manifest, clear victory. This was initially at Hudaybiyah. We also know that the conquest of Makkah is often linked to this as well. 
Verse 10. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Inna alladhina yubayyunaka inma yubayyun Allah. Surely those who swear allegiance to you do but swear allegiance to Allah. Now when you have an allegiance to someone what is the concept of an allegiance between you and someone? Let's say we know the word is bay'ah here, right? Yubayi'unaka, bay'ah. What's bay'ah? Allegiance. And when you make an allegiance with someone, it's supposed to be an ongoing thing, isn't it? Right? So here, the context tells us, again, Surah Fatih is talking about something which is ongoing. Hand of Allah is above their hand. Of course, it doesn't mean hand, it means power. The power of Allah is above their power. Whoever breaks this bay'ah. In reality, he only breaks it upon his own soul. He's only breaking the bay'ah, which is going to affect his own soul. And whoever fulfills what he has covenanted with God, he has agreed with God, Allah will grant him a mighty reward. So here the theme of this, obviously I don't want to jump too ahead to 48th week, but the theme here is bay'ah, an ongoing allegiance to Allah and the Prophet. Verse 18 speaks about the bay'ah under the tree at now verse 22 in Surah Al-Fatih also gives us some sort of theme, some sort of context to the outgoing nature of the Prophet's life and the end of revelation. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Walaw. قَاتَلَكُمُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَوَلَّوْا الْأَدْبَارَ ثُمَّ لَا يَجِدُونَ وَلِيًّا وَلَا نَصِيرًا And if those who disbelieve fight with you, they would certainly turn their backs and they would not find any protector nor a helper. سُنَّةَ اللَّهِ الَّتِي قَدْ خَلَتْ مِنْ قَبْلِ The sunnah of Allah, the way of Allah, the course of Allah has already run before. You will not find any change in the course of Allah. What Allah sets up, it's going to continue now. Now, interestingly, one last uh, couple of verses for you. Verse 26. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about jahiliyyah. Isn't it interesting? Allah is talking about jahiliyyah at the very end of revelation. Why? Why do you think? Why talk about what happened before Islam towards the end of Islam? Because 
because if people don't believe in all these uh, revelations, they're so surely jahil, they're ignorant. They go back to the days of Jahiliyyah. Yes, exactly. If they don't believe or they don't practice and uphold what is going to be left, what was it all for? What were you doing all this time for 23 years? So it is a warning of going back to the days of Jahiliyyah. Verse 26. If ja'ala alladhina kafaroo fi qulubihim ul-hamiyyata and when those who disbelieved harbored in their hearts feelings of disdain, when did they disdain against the Prophet? When he signed the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, they really disdained of the days of ignorance. They just sought to go back to the days of ignorance. But Allah sent down His tranquility. On his apostle, وَعَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And upon the true believers, وَأَلْزَمَهُمْ كَلِمَةُ التَّقْوَىٰ وَكَانُوا أَحَقَّ بِهَا وَأَهْلَهَا وَكَانَ اللَّهُ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَلِيمًا Last verse of Surah Al-Fatih, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now says that if you really want to know about the qualities of the believers, you will see how they are. They don't go back to the period of Jahiliyyah, they don't go back to the days in which they were unsure or they were wondering whether they should remain with loyalty to their tribes or their previous idols. No. Muhammadun Rasulullah. Subhanallah. If you haven't got it by now, if after all these years, I have to tell you again. Muhammadun Rasulullah. Muhammad. Why? As you know, there were hypocrites amongst them. As you know, there was weak-heartedness amongst some. Muhammadun Rasulullah وَالَّذِينَ مَعَهُ أَشِدَّاءُ عَلَى الْكُفَّارِ They are strong-hearted against the enemies. Ruhama بَيْنُهُمْ But they have rahma amongst themselves. What will you find them doing? You will see them. تَرَاهُمْ رُكَّعًا سُجَّدًا Constantly in the state of ruku and sajda, yabtaguna fadlam min Allahi walidwana. You will see that they are eager, eagerly seeking the father of Allah and the pleasure of Allah. Simahum fi wujuhim bin atharis sujood. You will find on their faces the marks of prostration. This isn't literal, this is spiritual. Their faces glean with nur. Their likes have been mentioned already in the previous books of Torah and Injil. This is a continuation of the story. The Sunnah of Allah continues. This is chapter 48. Now let's turn to Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter number 5, which follows on from chapter number 48, Surah Al-Ma'idah. Al-Ma'idah, who can tell me what is the name Al-Ma'idah? What does it mean? What is it referring to? Tablecloth of risk. And which particular tablecloth is being referred to? Which type of risk is being referred to? All risk is from Allah indeed. Which risk from Allah? Grace, grace, grace. Oh, sorry, grace? Yes. Which specific ma'idah is spoken about here? Mm, the Jew, uh, Christians? Christians. Asking Jesus 
Ahsant. So it would be like an Eid for us. Heavenly food, so it may be an Eid for us, and they are given this food on their ma'idah, on their tablecloth or table to eat, what we might refer to as a sufra or something of that nature, where they would sit together on the floor and eat from divine food. So this is the name of the chapter, but by itself, it doesn't give to us a clear indication of the theme of the surah yet. So we will come back to this inshallah. Let's read the opening and the closing of the verses. And let's see if it gives us some more indication as to what we might understand from this surah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim verses 1 and 2. Let's uh, have a look inshallah how the beginning of the surah begins. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu. So, who's being addressed here? Believers. Who can remember how did the opening of An-Nisa begin? You can flick if you went back. <laughs> it's it is a Ahsan. Ya Yuhan Nas. Now it's Ahsant. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Now in Ma'idah it's not addressing mankind. It is addressing the believers. So important that you 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 limit your thinking here. That this is a surah that is, of course, universal messages everywhere in the Quran. But the immediate addressees of the outgoing message of Islam, yani the penultimate surah, is Ya ayyuhalladhina Amanu. Amanu. So it's addressing the Muslims, this surah. Very important in the theme you will glean from this point. Awfu bil fulfill the obligations. Aqad. Aqad means what? Contract. But what is the literal meaning of aqad? Aqad is a knot. Meaning that when you tie the knot, I don't mean marriage here. Yeah. Tie the knot, meaning you make the contract firm. It's tied. Yeah. It's not broken. It's not easily unraveled. We have the word aqa'id. Aqeedah. We have our aqeedah, right? Which is our theology, our beliefs. Because you are knotted, you are tied to those beliefs. That's your belief system. Aqada. So, awfu bil uqud. Awfu comes from the word wafa. What does this mean? Not wafat, demise. What's wafa? Fulfill, loyalty. Very important. The message here is really, I'm giving some clear isharat here to what the theme of the surah is. It's the outgoing message. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, awfu bil uqud. Now, what type of contracts, covenants are there? Religious and cultural okay. offense. Say again. Religious and cultural offense. Lovely. So you have religious types of contracts, right? You have what you said cultural, but I will use a different word social contracts, right? 
we actually say it here. We have a social contract. Give me an example of a social contract, someone. Something that our society expects of us to be to be to be doing. Something uh, a citizen is expected of. You get onto the tube, and um, um, you're sitting, and there's an elderly person. What do you do? You get up. There's a pregnant person. What do you do? You get up. You give your seat. There's a social contract. A social contract might be that you're expected to vote, participate in democracy. Social contract may be that if there's a, I don't know, uh, a speed limit, you keep to the speed limit. There are certain contracts that are expected within society for you to be able to fulfill. What other contracts might there be? Political, Political contracts, excellent. Business, Business contracts. Employment contracts, good. Housing. How? Ah, this is very good. Expand on that. Housing contracts. What do you mean by that? When you're renting a property, yeah. The landlord says, "Don't do this or do that." Okay. You have more time to pay your rent monthly. All the other things. That Agreed. So these are these are business contracts, mm -hmm. but let's stick to the idea of housing for a second, or let's now think more about the title of this chapter, Al Maida. Ma'ida is about? Table. Table, which is about? Food. Food, good. Let's stick to food and the word housing. When you come to a contract, a social contract, a social contract has to be to be able to help people so that society has an order. Society has a minimal standard of living. And the people who are below that level, they are brought up. So a social contract requires us to help people in such a way that ensures that their minimum rights are kept to. Society, society in general. Society in general. So Al-Ma'idah speaks about food. You see here when it says, Yes, keep to your religious contracts and covenants that you've made with you and God, the bay'ah that you have made with the religion, as was in Surah Al-Fat. It's the business contracts that you set up amongst yourselves. There's a social contract that's going on here because you will see a vast, vast portion of Surah Al-Ma'idah addresses the Jews and Christians, meaning there's an accord between you Muslims, Christians and Jews and the way in which you're expected to treat each other. And lastly, the people of society. There is an aqad between you and them that they will be looked after. And the first thing that a person needs to be able to survive in a society is food. Without that, a person dies. Food, water, housing, shelter. There are basic minimum requirements that have to be given to people in order for a society to function properly. Can you summarize as laws of Uredin here? Laws of? Uredin, which we know on some of them. Not this is not a chapter about Furu ad yeah. This is not a chapter of Furu ad okay. In the sense, it's not that it's not about laws. The chapter does speak to laws, mm -hmm. but it tends to speak to laws about food, mm -hmm. hunting, mm 
sale of food, whom you can buy food from, whom you can eat from. Ofu bil uqud. So have wafa loyalty and loyalty to the various uqud that you have created here. As I reiterate, there are multiple types of uqud. And because the verse doesn't specify what kind of aqad, it's inclusive of all uqud that have been made. Now Allah continues, أُحِلَّتْ لَكُمْ بَهِيمَةُ الْأَنْعَامِ إِلَّا مَا يُتْلَى عَلَيْكُمْ غَيْرَ مُحِلِّ الصَّيْدِ وَأَنْتُمْ حُرُمٍ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَحْكَمُ مَا يُرِيدٍ The cattle, quadrupeds, are allowed to you except that which is recited to you, not violating the prohibition against game when you are entering upon the uh, the performance of the pilgrimage, surely Allah orders what he desires. What's being said here is, Allah is now allowing certain types of food other than what he's already prohibited. He's already told you some laws, he's now telling you more laws. Why? You see, this is the last, or one of the last chapters of of the Quran of Medina. They've already received so much. How many more laws do you need to give? These are the laws that are remaining, that need to now come before the Prophet dies. We've already given you some. We're now making halal to you. Except what I've already been told to you. So there's some things that have been told to you and now we're concluding matters for you. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَحْكُمُ مَا يُرِيدُ Allah orders what He desires. Why do you think He has to specify that? So people don't think the Prophet's making His rules? By now I would have hoped that they would believe that the Prophet is not making things up himself. His final love and He wants people to believe that Yes. Right. Allah is judging how he wishes to judge now. Why? We'll come back to it. This last part is, it's, it's amazing. It's like the whole surah is going to explain this one verse. Yeah, we'll come back to it, inshallah. Let's turn to the very, very last verse, verse 120. And let's see if we can see in the last ayat some Areas of appreciation. Let's start with verse yeah one nineteen. I think will for now will be will be good. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Qad Allahu hada yomu yomu sadiqina sidquhum. Allah will say, this is, when will Allah say this? The day of judgment. This is the day when their truth shall benefit the truthful ones. See, what did it start with? Ofu, wafa, loyalty. It concludes with truth. Isn't there an innate relationship between being loyal to someone and being truthful to it? <clears throat> being loyal to something and being truthful to it? If you're not truthful to it, you're not loyal to that matter, are you? In a relationship, in a covenant of any matter between you and religion, between you and other groups within society, between you and business partners, 
the relationship here is clearly loyalty and sidq, wafa and sidq. They're innately linked with each other. This day, when the truth that they held on to is going to benefit these truthful individuals. Lahum, for them, Jannatun Tajri min tahtihal anharu khalidina fiha abada. Abada is important here. They shall have as their reward gardens beneath which rivers flow. This is a very general reward. You know, there are other times Allah talks about different rewards. Those are more specific. This is a general reward. But what they should do is they shall abide therein forever. Forever is finality. It's ongoing. Radiyallahu anhum wa an. Allah is well pleased with them and they are well pleased with Allah. There is Ridwan here. ذَلِكَ الْفَوْزُ That is the mighty achievement. That's what you're here for. To reach Allah's pleasure and paradise. لِلَّهِ مُلْكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا فِيهِنَّا Very interesting. Allah's is the kingdom of the heavens and the earth and whatever is in them. وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ And he has power over all things. Why does he have to tell you this? Last verse of Al-Ma'idah. Just before revelation concludes, it's telling you about his power, the kingdom is in his loyalty. Okay, so we should be able to take some points away here. Now, let's inshallah start to look at the blocks of verses and try to uh, build this picture, this jigsaw puzzle of the blocks of verses that are here. Now, before I give this, I would to ask you some questions. If you're Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not to do major shirk here, <laughs> if you are revealing this Quran, this outgoing message, just take a second for yourself and think about what would you need to tell the believers? What was the opening verse of Al-Ma'idah? Ya ayyuhalladheena? Amanu. What would you want to tell the believers as the outgoing message of the Quran? Conclusion. Prophet is going to die in two months. Best way to keep hold on to what they've been taught. Lovely. How to hold on to what you've been taught. What else? Let's see. Write these down and let's see whether you find these in the groups of verses that we're going to give to you. One, how to hold on to your faith, right? What else? To be friendly with other people, other believers, whatever the religion. To be friendly, expand on that. What do you mean to be friendly? Not to be angry, not to be fighting those guys who are of different religions. Why not? Because we are, we're saying, so all of them are So do you mean how to interact with other faiths? <coughs> yeah, not yeah. to fight with them. Yes, okay, not to fight with them. How to interact with the other faiths? Maybe even how to interact with each other as Muslims. Awful bil uqood. Be loyal to each other. And the covenants that you've made with each other. Yeah. 
What else? Shout a few out, feel free. Really, none of them will be wrong. Whatever you can imagine is an outgoing message of the Quran. Honestly, I think you'll find it in this chapter. But what what else? Give us two more, because I think we've got three so far. How to get How to? Get How to get fold yes. Yes, absolutely. If that's what the conclusion of the chapter is, it definitely has to tell you how to get to Fawzul Adim. What else? Pay allegiance to all the necessity laws. Fulfill your promises. Yes, yes. It will be telling us about which laws we need to fulfill our promises to. Indeed. What else? Let's think about what are the problems in that society at that time? What's the last few months of the prophet bringing now you'll remember the prophet has to go on a farewell hajj what's happening in the farewell hajj Ahsant, doing what spreading rumors about whom whom imam ali alayhi salam so from the sunni and shia perspective both historically we're all in agreement there were certain munafiqeen that were Openly abusing Amir al-Mu'mineen, lying to the Prophet's face about who Imam Ali was. That's why our brethren from the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah say, Man kuntum mawla fahadhada Ali al-Mawla was a response to the munafiqeen against Ali ibn Abi Talib. We agree. But it doesn't go there only, does it? We believe that this is something ordained by Allah Jalla Jalaluhu. Al-Yawma akmantu lakum, deenakum. It's more than just, look, he's my friend. O fubil. Oh be loyal to the covenants that you made when? Yom al-Ghadir. So what's going on in the last three months? What's happening in Hajj? Munafiqeen are making problems for the Prophet. Prophet is now coming back in Medina and he is ill. What do you imagine the Prophet needs to deliver to people in terms of the outgoing message of his Risala, in preparation for his last weeks of life. Trusting him in whatever he is calling, believing his... Lovely. Hold on to the Prophet, what he said. Trust in the Prophet. He's going to die very shortly. Are you prepared for that? Also, um, they were refusing... That happened in the last week of the Prophet's life. This (coughs) surah may just have been finished revealing before that event. May just have. It doesn't appear. I actually think you're right that that's very much the ongoing conversation. So it might be that those matters are pointed to as well. Osama uh, was told to lead the army and certain khulafah or people who made themselves Khulafa were told to go with Osama's army. They refused. They stayed in Medina. The rest is history, right? Ahsant, good point. Anything else? Osama was a youth who was made as a, uh, um, a leader of an army. And the Prophet wanted an army to go out of Medina as far away as possible to go and fight with certain groups. And he asked certain companions to go with Osama. From our theological perspective, the Prophet was trying to get rid of them so that they wouldn't cause mischief after his death. They refused. They decided to stay, the purpose of which was to steal Khilafat. 
This is a very famous historical event, which you can search, inshallah, about the army of Osama. Okay, so any more? The last month, mm. why wouldn't he mention in it who is his successor? Well, he does. Verse 3 and uh, later on in verse 69, both of these two verses are about the event of Ghadir. So verse 3 اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورضيت لكم الإسلام دينا This day I perfected for you your religion completed my favor on you and chosen for you Islam is a religion Right? Verse 69 Is it 69? Where are we? Sorry, verse 55, my apologies. This was revealed about whom? Imam Ali alayhi salam, that he is the wali of Allah. Okay, let's uh, not digress too much. The last, the question we're asking is, what what is going to be revealed here? We rightly identified Wilaya will definitely be mentioned in this as a lead up to Imam Ali Alayhi appointment. What else? One more thing, just so we have maybe five, six things that you imagine must be spoken about in the last three months of the life of the Prophet. Say again. Obey Allah and the Prophet. A summary of um Okay, so we've had that at the beginning of this verse. Allah is now revealing certain laws of fiqh to clarify, detail verses that have rules that have already been revealed. Allah is now going deeper into that, and you'll see it's mainly about food, mainly about how you can work with Christians and Jews, some other matters of Hajj and some other things. Anything else? Inheritance is mentioned. Excellent. Why do you think inheritance needs to be mentioned? Who's about to die? The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wa Can you not imagine Allah would not talk about inheritance with the Prophet's outgoing breaths? Okay. Last, think about this question. In terms of prophets and the stories of companions either being loyal to their prophet or... What's a nice word for this, seeing as I'm being reported? Um, being disloyal to the prophet. Yeah, there's other words I wanted to use, right? Companions being loyal to their prophet versus being disloyal to their prophet. Which famous stories, which famous prophets do we have? Or oh, let's say some prophets having their companions turn against them. So many, but which major two? Moses and Isa. You will see the stories of Musa and Isa and the Banu Israel and the early Christians are repeated and re-repeated in this. Why? Oh for be loyal to your aqad. First aqad is with Allah. Your second aqad is with Prophet. Okay. Let's have a look now. 
at some of these and whether you feel that they are reflective of these themes that we have identified. Verses 1 to 4, Grand Ayatollah Sayyid Muhammad Taqi al-Mudarasi, he says the following, that the verses speak about the Hurriyatul Tijara, permissibility of Tijara. What's Tijara? Business transactions. Khususun fil ashhar al haram. Especially in the uh, protected months, in the um, holy months. And particularly, وَتَعَاوُنْ عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَى وَمَا أَشْبَهُ To help each other in birr and taqwa. Verses 1 to 4 speak about this matter. So it's opening with the matter of helping each other. Ta'awunu, helping matters. Now, the verses about ta'awun in the Quran are not about Muslims helping non-Muslims. It's about Muslims working with non-Muslims. You, with taqwa and birr, work with good ways with non-Muslims. So it's addressing the Muslims, but it's telling you to work nicely with non-Muslims. Verse 5, he continues. He says, وَيَشْجَعُوا بِذَلِكَ التِّجَّارِ بَيْنَ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ وَبَيْنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ فِي الْأَطْعِمَةِ The verse 5 specifically encourages tujjar between Ahl al-Kitab and Muslims in the matter of at'imah. What's at'imah? Ta'am. Ta'am is? Food. Surat al Ma'ida. So the opening verses here say, help each other in goodness and piety. Make sure you participate in business matters with non-Muslims, particularly in food. Why in food? It's the essential part of human being, livelihood, basic necessities. basic necessities. This is what's being said. Now, who can remember what is the first, <coughs> the first hadith of the Prophet in Mecca to people? Afshu bis-salam wa ta'am. Greet each other with the word of peace and feed each other. What's the last thing being told here? Surah Al-Ma'idah. Feed people. Work well with people in your business transactions. This is how the surah opens. Now it continues in verse 6. And the Quran speaks about the ahkam of tahara. If you want to read, you can read it for yourself. Verse 6 speaks about how to perform wudu. Surely, surely, if this is the last three months of the Prophet's life, he would have already taught you how to do wudu. No? Yes. You've been doing wudu, you've been praying salah since Mecca. Why is this being mentioned in Medina? Because this is not just about 
tahara in the sense of wudu fiqhi. This is a spiritual matter of cleanliness by now that is being told to you about your cleanliness and interactions with others. The commentator Sayyid al-Mudarasi says, وَهُوَ حَقٌّ مِنْ حُقُوقِ الْمُجْتَمِعَ عَلَى الْفَرْدِ This is a right, this is a social right to be clean for and with one another. How you, how you are with one another. So, clean by heart, clean by mind, clean by transaction. You know, when we recite the ad'iyah of wudu, you know, it's really taking the spirit of the ideas of wudu. When we wash our mouth, what we say, oh Allah, make it that my words will be within the day in which I meet you, let my words be good. Allahumma bayyid wajhi, let my face be illuminated, right? It's not just put, splashing water on the face, on the face. Allahumma a'tini kitabi bi yamini, give my book to me in my right hand. Wala tu'tini kitabi bi yasari, don't give me my book in my left hand. There's something going on here. So in this verse 6, it's really about a deeper lens of spiritual cleansing of the human being, which society needs to take on. Now, it continues, he says, verses 7 to 11 are that it switches from aqad to mithaq. Aqad here is very general. Mithaq now speaks about your relationship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your mithaq between him and upon other people. And so it is telling us that if the uqud is the wasila to good to jar, you upholding the mithaq with Allah and your religion is the wasila to having good siyasi wal ijtimai. Siyasi is politics, ijtimai is social accord. So uqud, make sure you have good uqud, loyalty to your uqud, you will have good transactions with each other. Have upholding of the mithaq, you will have a good polity and a good social order. Verse 8, let's read it together. Well, verse 7, start with that. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. وَذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ Bring to mind the favor, the ni'mah that Allah has blessed you with. وَمِيثَاقَهُ الَّذِي وَاثَقَكُمْ بِهِ And his covenant which, you, which he firmly bound you with. إِذْ قُلْتُمْ سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا You said that you would hear and you would obey. وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلِيمٌ بِذَاتِ الصُّدُورِ Verse 8 يَا أَيُّوَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا كُونُوا قَوَّامِينَ لِلَّهِ شُهَدَاءِ Be witnesses for Allah بِالْقِسْط Bear witness to justice وَلَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ شَنَاءُنُ قَوْمٍ عَلَىٰ لَا تَعْدِلُوا اِعْدِلُوا هُوَ أَقْرَبُ لِلتَّقْوَى وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ So now it switches from to mithaq. 
Now, verse 12 and 14, or 12 to 14, tell us about those who break their covenants. Now, look at verse 12. This is, this is very tough language. Look at the change in tone here, right? We made a covenant with Banu Israel, like we've made a covenant with you, O Muslims. وَبَعَثْنَا مِنْهُمُ الْإِثْنَا عَشَرَ نَقِيبًا Subhanallah. Allah is saying in the last, last verses of the Qur'an, last revealed verses, we made 12 chiefs as part of the mithaq with Banu Israel. What do you think that's telling you? Imams. <coughs> Ahsan وَقَالَ اللَّهُ إِنِّي مَعَكُمْ And Allah said, إِنِّي مَعَكُمْ I, Allah, I am with you. Do you get a stronger statement than that from God? I am with you, Banu Israel. I'm with you. Allah is with you. If, in if, if, أَقَمْتُ الصَّلَاءُ وَآتَيْتُمُ الزَّكَاءُ I am going to be with you, Banu Israel, if you do, keeping up the prayer, and you pay your zakat, and you believe in what my apostles have said. And you assist the prophets. If you give a goodly gift to Allah, Allah is with you. Verse number 12, sorry, verse number 13 now. Allah is really giving the Muslims here a clear statement. Believe in your prophets. There were 12 chieftains appointed for Banu Israel. I am with you. Verse 13. But they broke their covenant, so we cursed them. وَجَعَلْنَا قُلُوبَهُمْ قَاسِيَةً And we made their hearts hard. Banu Israel, when they broke their covenants, not only did Allah curse them, He made their hearts hard. What else did the Banu Israel do? يُحَرِّفُونَ الْكَلِمَ عَنْ مَوَاضِعِهِ They actually altered the words. Why is this being told in the last three months of the Prophet's life? Okay, so this is verses 12 to 14. It is now warning about the breaking of the Mithaq. Verse 14 now talks about the Christians who broke their covenant. We made a covenant, but they neglected a portion. Now, this is very important. What was the punishment to Banu Israel in verse 12 for breaking their covenant? Hearts being hardened. Ahsant. Verse 14. What's the punishment to the Christians for breaking their covenant? He made them fight each other until Yawm al Muslims, are we fighting each other? Have we been fighting each other till Yom Qiyamah? 
Yeah. Yeah. This is so, so important. Um, so forget, forget us. Remember, we're talking about what's happening at Revelation. At the point, the, the Muslims in the last three months are being told, uphold your uqud, uphold your mithaq. This was the mithaq given to Banu Israel. This is what happened when they broke it. Their hearts heartened. This is what happened when Banu, uh, when Christians broke their mithaq. They fought with each other. They became sects. They fought with each other. Ila yawm al-qiyamah. So when other sects sort of read these same verses, obviously to us, it feels like it's so clear. It says 12 captains. It has all the... It's almost like, it's like it's just telling us, but how is it interpreted by other people so that it's just not that? It's a historical verse, nothing more. So they kind of just read it. Well, there is the Sahih Hadith in the Sita, in the Sahih um, uh, Sita that... Um, uh, there are going to be 12 caliphs all from the Quraysh or 12, 12 chieftains all from the Quraysh. If you put that verse and that hadith together to you and I, it's explicit. But of course, for others, it's not so explicit. So now having told us about what happens to the Banu Israel and what happens to the Christians when they break their covenant, we're talking about what happens, the actual godly consequences. Sorry. God-ordained consequences on a community in the hearts and in the practical sense. Verse 15, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ahl kitab qad ja'akum rasuluna yubayyinu lakum. He's making clear to you. What is he making clear to you? Kathiran mimma kuntum tukhfuna min al-kitab. Massive amounts of what you've hidden from the book. It's really obvious, isn't it? Yeah? So verse 15 is saying, there's a prophet, it's making clear to you the things that you're trying to hide amongst yourselves from the meanings of the books of Allah. This is clearly about wilaya. Yeah? Okay. Let's continue. Verses 15 to 20. Three, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no, verse up till verse 32, sorry, from verses 15 all the way to 32, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the history of the Jews and the Christians. I don't have too much time to be able to read out all the verses to you, but basically the theme of these are about the facade that they created in their communities on account of how they treated their prophets and the refusal that they gave to their prophets. How they distorted what they said about their prophets. It's all a history. It's all about how they how, how Allah is saying, remember what you what you did to the well, remember what you did to those prophets. Have a look at verse 20. When Musa said to his own people, Ya Qawmi, Remember the favor of Allah that he placed amongst you. When he placed, he made amongst you messengers, anbiya, prophets in the plural, leaders in the plural, not in the singular. Anbiya was amongst you. And he made you kings. He made you so powerful. And he gave to you what he has not given to any other nation. 
He has given to you Ahlul Bayt He has made you so powerful as a Muslim community. What have you not conquered? What will you not conquer? However, the story of them entering into the Holy Land and refusing to listen to their Prophet is mentioned in verse 21. And verse 27, it talks about the story of Adam alayhi salam and how two brothers fought with each other and one slayed the other. Why do you think in the last three months of the Prophet's life, Allah has to tell us about the killing of Habil by Qabil? Agreed, but it's specifically about two brothers here. It's or it's talking about. Yeah, you see, the innama al-mu'minuna, ikhwa. The believers are brothers of one another. What's going to happen immediately from the time of the death of the Prophet? Fighting, fighting and killing. Who's going to be the first major person to be killed? Lady Fatima, sallallahu Who else is going to be killed? Do you remember? What's the first war in Islam after the Prophet's death? The Ridda Wars. Do you know this? Jamal? No. Jamal comes many years later. Ridda Wars. There are those who disagreed with Abu Bakr being the Caliph. They, not even Shia. They refused to pay him the zakat. Abu Bakr sent an army to kill Muslims. Khalid bin Walid killed them and even slept with the wife of the leader of those people immediately after doing zina. This is agreed upon by all Muslims. Omar himself had to tell Abu Bakr, what have you done allowing this to happen? We're being told here about the story of the first killing in the history of humanity. Warning us about the first killing, first murder after the Prophet. It continues. Verse 32. For this reason did we prescribe the law. That whoever slays a soul. Unjustly. It is as if you have killed all mankind. Verse 33. Innama. The punishment of those who wage war against Allah and His Messenger and strive hard to make mischief facade in the land they should be murdered what's the decree for those people that war against Allah his prophet and make facade on the earth remember this is the last last verses about the life of the prophet what should you do to such people and you قتلوا أو يصلبوا أو تقطع أيديهم وأرجلهم من خلاف you should Murder them, you should kill them or crucify them or that their hands and feet should be cut off from opposite sides or they should be imprisoned. I wonder whether the Muslims listened to this or not. We continue. 
Now from here, from verse 33 onwards to verse 43 approximately, it speaks about the different types of facade that can enter into a community. The different types of facade that enter into a community. And that ends up being kufr and dhulm and fisk. These are three types of facade that will enter into the community. Kufr, dhulm and fisk. And you will see that in these particular verses. Now, read verse 41 with me please. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Ya ayyuhar Rasul. Who's being addressed? The Prophet. Very important. Last weeks of the Prophet's life. Ya ayyuhar Rasul. لا يحزنك الذين يصارعون في الكفر. Do not let those who strive towards strive يصارعون. They hasten quickly towards kufr. Grieve you. Now that tells you actually that the prophet was grieved because Allah had to tell him, "Don't be grieved." The prophet was hurting. About those in the last weeks of his life that are doing what? Yusari'una. They are speeding. Fil. Kufr. Not nifaq. Allah is not saying that there are people amongst you who are going towards nifaq. Hypocrisy. They are speeding towards kufr. Min alladhina qalu. From amongst those who say, Amanna, we believe. Bi afwahihim. They believe it, they say, we believe with their mouth. Bi afwahihim. Walam tu'min qulubuhum. They do not believe in their hearts. Last weeks of the Prophet's life. Women alladina hadu. Now, this is important. Now the tone shifts. This is really important. Now Allah doesn't address the kuffar amongst the Muslims. No, no. Hmm? no this is still verse 41 we're reading. So Allah is telling the Prophet, you have kuffar amongst you who say that they believe. Kuffar. Don't let them grieve you. You know who they are. Hmm. Now Allah addresses the Prophet and tells the same story about Hadu. This is important. This is not Banu Israel. You see, when Allah talks about Banu Israel in the Quran, He's talking about the past Jews. When He says Hadu, He's talking about the Jews there presently. What do the Jews do? Listen to this. Hadu from amongst the Jews, Samauna lil kathib. They listen only to make it out a lie. Samauna akharin. They listen only so that they can convey it to another community. Can you see the harsh description of what's being told? Yeah, it's about the Jews. But what's being told to the Prophet? You have people amongst you that are listening to you only to falsify, to do kithb upon you. To go and spread it to your enemies, to akhirun. Or akhirin here because it's lam. Liqawmin akhirin. Yeah? Now, important hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi. He is narrated to have said in this hadith is mutawatir. It is said by every generation of Muslim. مَنْ كَذِبَ عَلَيَّ مُتَعَمِّدًا 
The one who purposefully lies upon me, the Prophet lies about me, Allah will make for him a seat of fire. Next verse, please. Verse 42. Continue to read. It's talking about the Jews. Yes, and it is talking about what the Jews do. And I don't have time to go into this too much. But I'll explain a little bit about the tafsir of this verse. Again, Allah says, they listen only to make a lie out of what you say. They devour what is not for them. Fadak. فَإِنْ جَاءُوكَ فَحْكُمْ بَيْنَهُمْ أَوْ أَعْرِضْ عَنْهُمْ If they come to you to seek a decision, you can either make a decision for them or you can turn away from them. Now the tafsir of this is that the Jews, or some Jews, not all Jews, were doing certain sins and because of that, in their own books, they would have been stoned to death. So they came to the Prophet in order to get a judgment from the Prophet. But then, even then, they didn't want to listen to the Prophet. Yeah, this is important because it's now telling us uh, that the Jews would come to the Prophet and then they even didn't listen to the Prophet when he would directly tell them, this is the law for you from your own book. No, 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 we don't want to listen. Okay, if you come to our book, this will be the law. No, 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 we don't want to listen. These were traits of the people in Medina that the Prophet had to deal with. And really, as per the context, it's not just talking about the Jews. It's telling the Muslims that you are often, or some of you, are like this. Now, it continues from verse 44. It tells you to stick to your own risala. Yeah? This goes all the way to verse 49, 48, end of 48. Yeah? Stick to your risala. And in fact, if you want in your own time, Turn to Surah Al-Hajj, chapter 22, verses 34 and 67. It will also talk about that. Uh, chapter 22, verses 34 and 67. Remember, Surah Al-Hajj was revealed at Hajj time. Hajj is just finished, right? This is talking about Hajj, Ghadir, and the last two months of the Prophet's life. So in these verses, Allah is saying, stick to your religion. Yeah? Now... Verses or verse 49 and 50, in my opinion, I'm giving this clearly, in my opinion, is the pivotal verse of this whole surah. The whole surah pivots on verse 50. Let's read it together, inshallah. Or start with verse 49, please. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. وَإِنِحْكُمْ بَيْنَهُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ وَلَا تَتَّبِعْ أَهْوَاءَهُمْ you should judge between them by what Allah has revealed. Do not follow their low desires. Do not follow their low desires and be cautious of them, lest they seduce you from what Allah has revealed. If you turn back on yourselves, remember this is an outgoing message. فَإِن تَوَلَّوْا فَعَلَمْ أَنَّمَا يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ أَنْ يُصِيبَهُمْ بِبَعْدِ ذُنُوبِهِمْ If you turn back, if they turn back, then know that Allah desires to afflict them on account of their faults. Now verse 50. أَفَحُكْمَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ يَبْغُونَ 
do you really desire to go back to the hukum, the days of jahiliyyah? You started the whole of Islam at the beginning to take you out of jahiliyyah. The last verses being revealed to the Muslims are, do you really want to go back to jahiliyyah? وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ مِنَ اللَّهِ حُكْمًا لِقَوْمٍ يُوقِنُونَ Who is better than Allah to judge for you, for a people, if you are truly believers, truly sure with Allah? Verse 51 onwards to verse 60 speaks about Loyalty to Islam and not loyalty to others. Not loyalty to the Jews, not loyalty to the Christians, and certainly not loyalty to those tribes and peoples that want to take you back to Jahiliyyah. As an example, verse 51. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, O you who believe, la tattakhidu al-Yahuda wal-Nasara awliya'a. Don't take the Jews and the Christians as your protectors. Verse 52 But you will see that there are some people amongst you who have a disease in their heart They will strive quickly towards them, the Jews and the Christians Meaning the practices of the Jews and the Christians To go against their own religion like the Jews and the Christians did because it's saying quite against having friendship. Doesn't mean friends. It means oliya. Protectors. Wilaya. Don't take wilaya with Jews and Christians. We're giving you wilaya with the 12 chieftains amongst you. What was the verse that we said? Verse 55. We're about to come to it. Turn to verse 55, please. Innama waliyukumullahu wa rasuluhu. وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا الَّذِينَ يُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةَ وَيُؤْتُونَ الزَّكَاةَ وَهُمْ رَاكِعُونَ Who is this verse revealed for? Imam Ali Imam He gives ring in the state of? Rukur So don't take your wilaya from Jews and Christians Your wali is only Allah, the messenger of Allah And that man who gave charity whilst in the state of Rukur Verse 54, if you want to read it, go back one verse يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Whoever becomes murtad What's murtad? Ahsant Whoever amongst you becomes murtad Minkum From amongst yourselves From his religion Allah will bring about a community They love He loves them And he loves them Allah is not worried about you people who leave the religion of Allah. Allah is going to make a community that's going to be loyal to Him. They will love Allah and Allah will love them. If you read now verse 57, Don't take your religion, your guardians, as those who make religion a mockery and a joke. Verse 58, 
when you see some people people being called to prayer وَإِذَا نَادَيْتُمْ إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ اتَّخَذُوهَا غُزُوًا وَلَعِبًا There are some people amongst you that will just take their salah as ghuzuwa, as a joke and as a la'ib, as a prayer. Don't follow these people, Muslims. Why are you making yourselves follow these people? Yeah, so it's loyalty to religion. Now, verse 61 to verse 66, the theme is... About those people which hasten each other towards extremisms within their religion. The, re- the, the extremisms here are of all kinds. Extremisms in terms of law and extremisms in terms of doctrine. Doctrine yani theology. Yeah? <laughs> Read verse 64 as an example. وَقَالَتِ الْيَهُودُ يَدُ اللَّهِ مَغْلُولَ They said the hand of Allah is tied up. But it's their hands that will be shackled, Allah says. Not God's hand is shackled. What did they believe theologically? Allah was no longer present in the matters of the world, in the universe. Allah created you. Khalas, he's sitting on a chair, he's reclining, he's enjoying himself. Allah's hand is shackled. He's no more power in the world. He's not engaged, he's not involved. Why is Allah telling you this? What's about to be stopped? Revelation and prophethood. So they will say, that's it. Allah is no more engaged in this religion. Don't go towards extreme ideas in your religion. False ideas in these religions. Yeah. Now it continues from verse 67. Uh, It talks about the benefits of applying your sharia. Applying your religion. It begins now with what is the best application of your religion? Wilaya. Because remember, this is an outgoing message of Risala. Verse 67, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Ya ayyuhar rasul, balligh ma unzila ilayka min rabbik. When is this verse revealed? Ahsant. Right? After Hajj. Deliver what has been given to you as your message. وَإِن لَمْ تَفْعَلْ فَمَا بَلَّغْتَ رِسَالَتَهُ وَاللَّهُ يَعْصِمُكَ مِنَ النَّاسِ Allah will protect you from people when you deliver this message. So from verse 67, oh actually it's from verse 50, verse 66, sorry. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Verse 65 onwards is about the importance of applying your own religion. Now, from verse, or, or, or continuing from verse 69, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now speaks about what actually happened to the early Jews and Christians and later Jews and Christians and how they changed their own beliefs. So it's following. It says, you know, follow what you've been revealed to and make sure you follow your own religion. But what happened in reality to these people? As an example, verse 70 talks about what happened in the reality to children of Israel. Yaqtulun. 
you killed, sorry, you belied, you did kithb upon some of your messengers and you killed some of your messengers. Why is Allah telling that after? He says, he says the Ghadir verse, and then immediately he says, what happened? What did the Jews do? You either belied your own prophets or you killed your own prophets. Ahlul Bayt alayhi wasalam. They were either belied or they were killed. Then verse 72 says what the Christians did to their own. لَقَدْ كَفَرَ لَقَدْ كَفَرَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْمَسِيحُ بْنُ مَرْيَمْ They did kufr with their statement Allah is Masih ibn Maryam. And Masih ibn Maryam is Allah in their opinion. But really, Isa ibn Maryam said, serve Allah. It's in that verse 72. Now, if you read all the way down to verse 78, it talks about what actually happened? We said these sorts of parts of the verses are saying what happened to the community. Verse 78. The prophets did la'na upon those kuffar of their own people. This was because they disobeyed. And they exceeded the limitations of Allah. Verse 79. They did not forbid each other those things that they weren't supposed to do. Verse 80. You will see many minhum amongst them. Befriending those who disbelieve. Certainly evil is that which their souls have sent before themselves. Allah became displeased with them and a chastisement shall fall upon them. Verse 82 tells them to be careful amongst themselves. So now it's talking about what actually happened to the Jews and the Christians. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells you in verse 83 how you should be. وَإِذَا سَمِعُوا مَا أُنزِلَ إِلَى الرَّسُولِ تَرَى أَعْيُنَهُمْ تَفِيذُ مِنَ الدَّمْعِ True believers, when they hear what has been revealed to the Prophet, you will see their eyes overflowing with tears on account of the truth that they know. Ahsant, that they know, they know the truth. You'll see how, how it moves them because of the truth that they know. Verse 87. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تُحَرِّمُوا طَيِّبَاتِ مَا أَحَلَّ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ وَلَا تَعْتَدُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْمُعْتَدِينَ O oh, you who believe, do not forbid yourselves the good things that Allah has made lawful to you. Do not exceed the limits. Allah does not love those who exceed the limits. So clearly the theme of these verses is telling them to be careful, 
to be very aware. Now from verse 90, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leaves the theological and the historical and he goes to the matters of law. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu innama al-khamaru wal-maysaru wal-ansabu wal-azlamu rijsum min al-amal al-shaytan fajtanibuhu la'allakum tuflihun Stay far away from these indiscretions, intoxicants, games of chance. Now think about this. Think about this very closely. In the last verses of Allah's revelation, he has to tell Muslims not to drink. He has to tell Muslims not to become gamblers. He has to tell them not to sacrifice to idols, to stones. Why? Because these things are going to come into the Muslim community. You know, at that time, they didn't really do it. They got rid of all this stuff, right? Early on in Medina, they were told, don't drink. At the last verses of the Quran, they're told again, don't drink, don't gamble, don't go back to idols. Why? Is it almost like in the absence of the Prophet? I mean, obviously Imam Ali come, but he also knew that there would be this time of not having that unity and that would almost shape people's... Yeah, but they would go back in every way. They would follow what the Jews did. They would follow what the Christians did. They would go back into Ayyam Jahiliyyah. And all the good things that the society had managed to expunge, they're going to go back into. It's a reiteration. Don't, do, don't allow yourself to go back into Ayyam Jahiliyyah. It's the ethos of staying loyal to all the laws that you've been loyal to for the last 10 years in Medina. You spent 10 years being loyal to the Prophet, to the to the laws, the constitutions, the values of Medina amongst yourselves. Now Allah has to tell you, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, innama al-khamaru wal-maysaru wal-ansabu wal-azamu rijsum min al-amil al-shaytan. And how many of the community are Muslims today? It wasn't, because you see, before, was it ever disallowed to have the uh, intoxicant? Yes. Because he was said before. Allah before. says earlier on in the Quran, don't even approach salah. La wa antum sukara. While you are drunk, do not. And then Allah. And now it's quite clearly said, now don't have it at all. Don't have it at all. Well, for now it's clarified. So but even then, they were, they knew not to drink. This is a, an affirmation. Affirmation, you need affirmation when you write a contract. At the end, you need to mention quite clearly what it is. But, but Allah, but remember, Allah is all knowing. I, I agree with you, human behavior. But Allah knows that they're going to go back to these things. That's why He's having to tell them in the last three weeks, six weeks of okay. of revelation. And still people go back. Yeah. And it's still, even though Allah says, it's still people go back. Agreed. Allah, everything He's warned them about, they've gone backwards on. Which one thing that they've told Allah said, don't do or do do it? Allah said, work closely in tajar with Christians and Jews at the beginning. Did the Muslims do it? He said, make sure that you feed people. Did they do it? He said, don't become like the Jews and the Christians who killed your own prophets, who you know lied on your own prophets, change the words of your own prophets. They did the opposite. Allah says, don't go towards intoxicants and games and chants. They did it. This whole surah, it's acts of everything. It's opposite of everything. Well, what's the point of it? If we say these things, then people are going to do it anyway. <laughs> because you and me hopefully will actually be loyal to it. Oh fool bill. Oh fool bill. Oh good. Be loyal. 
right? Let's conclude, inshallah. Uh, we're almost at the end of the surah. So verse uh, 92, let's keep to the theme of what we're saying. Allah says from verse 90 about law being away from these indiscretions. Uh, or what Sayyid al-Marja al-Mudarisi says, Tayish, these, these horrible indiscretions. Verse 92, وَأَطِيعُ Rasul, Wahdaru. And obey Allah and obey the Apostle and be cautious, be careful. You know, in the Ihdaru, be careful, Allah says. For in tawallaytum, if you're going to turn back on your own selves, fa'lamu, know. It's just upon the Prophet to deliver the message. You want to go back on Islam? Congratulations to you. From verse 93, it now speaks again about food and the pilgrimage and participation. So food and eating with Christians and Jews, talking about your covenants and practices with Tujara outside the community. Pilgrimage is about <coughs> internal into the community. Yeah? Pilgrimage is supposed to be about the Muslims meeting up once a year for our annual convention. Verse 97. The Kaaba is a maintenance for all of mankind. If I give my opinion on this verse, I'll get into trouble. So I'll give the opinion of the wakil of Grand Ayatollah Sayyid Kamal al-Haydari. Hajj is for everyone. I'm not worthy of making an opinion on Islam. جَعَلَ اللَّهُ الْكَعْبَةَ الْبَيْتَ الْحَرَامَ قِيَامًا لِنْ وَالشَّحْرَ الْحَرَامَ وَالْحَدْيَ وَالْقَلَائِدِ ذَلِكَ لِتَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُوا مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَلِيمٍ And then it turns as in part of Masjid, the non-Muslim Follow your marja. Verse 101 now tells us that You should be studying your religion. And it tells you not to study it in a way that's going to make you go away from your religion. Study your religion in a way that's going to be good for you. Oh, you who believe. La tas'alu an ashya'a in tubda lakum tasu'kum. Or tasu'kum, sorry. Do not put your questions in a way which is going to put you into trouble. It continues all the way about making sure that you understand your religion properly. You can imagine these are the closing verses. I think someone said it, right? Who, who said it? And I asked you, what's going to be said in the ending of the religion? Learn your religion. Learn your deen. This is the last verses. Learn your religion. And that goes all the way. To verse number 109. Verse 109 now begins the ending of the surah. And it speaks about the apostles and the followers' relationship with their apostles and loyalty to their apostles. Loyalty to the great family members of their apostles. Verse 110. إِذْ قَالَ اللَّهُ يَا عِيسَى بْنِ مَرْيَمَ 
اذكر نعمتي عليك وعلى والدتك remember when Allah will say oh Isa ibn Maryam remember my favor upon you and upon your mother when I strengthened you with the Holy Spirit you spoke to people in the cradle Allah is reminding them of the miracles of their own prophet think about this in the last weeks of the prophet's life Allah is trying to remind the believers of the miracles that their own prophets have done Remember what your prophet has done, what he has accomplished, what he has brought you, what he brought by the permission of Allah. You see, in this verse, it's about what, what Isa salam did. What did he do? He taught the Torah and the Injil. He made things come alive by the permission of Allah. He cured the leper and the blind. What is being said here? Remember how Rasulullah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa did even more than this. He brought the Quran. He didn't just enliven the dead, the physical dead. He enlivened the dead hearts. That was the miracle of your Prophet. Remember that. Verse 111. When I revealed to the companions of Isa alayhi salam. And aminu bi wa bi rasooli. Believe in me and my apostle. This was revealed to the hearts of the companions of Isa. This is the last verses to be revealed to the Quran. Qalu, they said, Amanna, washhad bi annana muslimun. They said, we believe. And we bear witness that we will submit ourselves. And what they asked for was, what's the next verse? They asked for the ma'idah. They asked for anything. They could have asked for anything. Allah gave it to them. The companions, Allah was willing to give them everything that they were willing to ask for. All they had to do was stay loyal to their prophet. When the Hawariyun stayed loyal to Prophet Isa salam, Allah sent them a ma'idah from the sama. O Muslims, if you had only continued to be loyalty to your Prophet, O Fubil Uqud, we would have given to you whatever you desired. Verse 113. Qalu, an وَنَعْلَمَ أَنْ قَدْ صَدَقْتَنَا وَنَكُونَ عَلَيْهَا مِنَ الشَّاهِدِينَ قَالَ عِيسَى بْنُ مَرْيَمْ اللَّهُمَّ رَبَّنَا أَنْزِلْ عَلَيْنَا مَائِدَةً مِنَ السَّمَاءَ تَكُونُ لَنَا عِيدًا لِأَوَّلِنَا وَآخِرِنَا وَآيَةً مِنْكَ وَرَزُقْنَا وَأَنْتَ خَيْرُ الرَّازِقِينَ they asked for this to make it a celebration from them. Allah responds in verse 115. I'll send down to you whatever you want. However, whoever is going to disbelieve afterwards from amongst you, لا أعذبه أحدا من العالمين. 
mean? Those who are going to disbelieve after they've seen these miracles of their Prophet, after they've even received food from Jannah, I will punish you in a way in which I have never punished anyone else in the history of the universe. If you're going to now disobey the Prophet and do kufr after you've seen all of these miracles that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi has brought, Allah's testimony and promise, His covenant to you, will be that He will punish you in a way in which no one has ever been punished before. Verse 116 وَإِذْ قَالَ اللَّهُ يَا عِيسَى بْنِ مَرْيَمْ أَأَنْتَ قُلْتَ لِلنَّاسِ أَتَّخِذُونِي وَأُمِّيَ آلِهَيْنِ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ Really, did you say, take me, take Isa as God, beside really me? Of course, Isa would never tell them to do something that they shouldn't do. <clears throat> did Rasulullah tell you to do something you shouldn't do? Now, Isa on the day of judgment will say, مَا قُلْتُ لَهُمْ إِلَّا مَا أَمَرْتَنِي بِهِ I didn't say anything to my own companions except what you commanded me, God. Rasulullah is saying, Ya Allah, if they decide to depart after me, I delivered the message from Risalatak. And I didn't do anything except what you told me to do. Look at this. Wakuntu alayhim shahidan ma dumtu fihim. And I was witness to what I said so long as I was amongst them. So long as I was amongst them. The Prophet is about to leave you. His witness as to what he did for you and what you did with him is about to conclude. مَا دُمْتُ فِيهِمْ فَلَمَّا تَوَفَّيْتَنِي But when you caused me to die, كُنْتَ أَنْتَ الرَّقِيبَ عَلَيْهِمْ You, God, are now the watcher over them. Farewell, Ya Rasulullah. Allah is now the watcher over this community. And you are indeed witness to all matters. And if you were to decide to chastise them, they are your servants, Ya Allah. You can do what you want with those people. If you decide to forgive them, for what they're about to do after my death, فَإِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْعَزِيزُ الْحَكِيمُ قَالَ اللَّهِ Allah now responds. Look at the dialogue between Rasulullah and Allah. قَالَ اللَّهِ Verse 119. هَذَا يَوْمُ يَنْفَعُ الصَّادِقِينَ صِدْقُهُمْ This is the day when the truthful will be benefiting by their truth and loyalty. لَهُمْ جَنَّاتٌ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارُ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أَبَدًا رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضُوا عَنْهُ ذَلِكَ فَوْزُ الْعَظِيمُ لِلَّهِ مُلْكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا فِيهِنَّ وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ This is the outgoing message to the Muslims. It's a whole dialogue about what happened to the Jews, the Christians, going back into Jahiliyyah, making sure you stay loyal to the Prophet, 
And now the Prophet, Allah is telling us what, remember what happened to the companions of Jesus. And then he says, there's a dialogue between Allah and the Prophet. Prophet says, it's up to you now, you're the watcher. Allah says, yeah, I'm watching. I will chastise whom I please. I will forgive who I please. And I will give Jannah to whoever I please. So what do we think is the, uh, the theme of Surat Al-Ma'idah? Awfu bil uqud. Be loyal to your uqud. This is the outgoing message of covenants, contracts. Be loyal. Wafa. The theme of Surah Al-Ma'idah is loyalty. Loyalty to your contracts, loyalty to the Prophet, loyalty to Islam. And you will be successful, inshallah. Dalika fawzul azim. This is the last outgoing. And now, as a point, you've seen the beginning of Madinan surahs. Baqarah al-Imran. The middle of the Madinan surahs. An-Nisa. And now you've seen the end of Madinan surahs in Al-Ma'idah. Chapter number six is now a Makkan surah. Yes, it start, It mentions Adam in there all the way to <laughs> summarized. Stay loyal to these things that you've been practicing all along. You've given up gambling and alcohol and you've done all this. Stay loyal to it all. Stay loyal to it all. Chapter number five, the theme is loyalty to your religion. Loyalty to your prophet, loyalty to your laws. In the absence, please finish, in the absence of your prophet, in the absence of your imam, stay loyal to those matters. This is the theme. We conclude, inshallah. And next week, we will continue with chapter number six. Podcasts. On the podcast. On the podcast, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, wa sallallahumma ala sayyidina wa nabiyina Muhammad wa alihi al-tahirin.